Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about his upcoming trip to the Holy Land, and we discuss this week's sermon in our series entitled Dangerous Prayers. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. This is episode number eight, and we are the second week in our series on prayer. What episode is this? 108. 108. Yeah, 108. Moving right along through the hundreds. Uh, So we are the second week in this series called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. But the next couple weeks, you're going to be out of town, John. Why don't you tell everybody where you're headed? Yes. uh, This is Tuesday morning as we, uh, Tuesday afternoon as we were recording this, and I will be wheels up to Israel on Thursday morning. So two days from now, I will be uh, on the way to Israel, and we are going to be doing a 10 day tour with a, with a, handful of people from this church as okay. well as some uh, so those beyond the church i'm actually joining uh, ed diaz's uh team uh, be a part of the leadership team josh schweitzer is going to be with us and um and like i said others from the from the church and we're going to go see all the sites that you have been to before you've you've been yeah. there yeah uh, so we're uh, we're interestingly enough we started in when i've, I've been twice before we mm-hmm. in the past we started in galilee in the north okay but uh ed and company will be starting in and we will be starting in um the dead in sea. the south and uh, are you doing the, the dead, dead sea, sea for a couple of days and then our first actual place will be en getty that'll be the first uh, biblical oh, okay. site it'll be at uh, in Getty, so so yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be wonderful to be able to walk. This is this is the thing. You've done it. You know what this is like. If you haven't done it, uh, I would encourage anybody and everybody to take a, at least once in a lifetime, if at all possible, to take a trip to the Holy Land and put your toes and you put your feet standing where Jesus stood. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about you. Why uh, I was asked last night. You know what's because I've been before. What was your? What was the favorite part of being in Israel? What was yours? So I, it's uh, it's interesting. I was actually talking to. I was meeting with Josh earlier, and we were talking about it. And I was asking how he was feeling. And and um, there are a couple places. Um, there probably I, every time I say that, I start thinking Think of about other places. Say. Yeah. So probably the first. So we we started actually in Joppa. So we we landed oh. in Tel Aviv, and we went. I was telling Josh, we, we took no, there was no break time. I mean, we went, got right off the plane. We went right to Joppa wow. and we started having worship services out there overlooking uh, the Mediterranean Sea. That was just that, that first, ex- that first experience of having, we're dead tired, you know, it's all day travel, but then right into worshiping in, in, in one of these holy sites, you know, um, that, that was very impactful. And then then we went up to Galilee, mm. uh, and the kibbutz that we stayed at, uh, you know, we were overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Were you off Gennesar? Did you stay there? I don't remember what the name of it was. I, I was. Yes, we were in a kibbutz on the on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a beautiful location. I think probably going to the Mount of Beatitudes right off the bat was pretty pretty impactful. But I, to me, the two places that really stand out as as just being. I think the word I use that just best, I think it's just weighty, you know, that feeling mm-hmm. of weightiness uh, was the Southern Steps. So when you go to the Southern Steps, it's, you know, it's one of those places, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of historical and archaeological debates about what's original, what's not original, what's just, you know. What was here, what wasn't here. What wasn't yeah. here. The Southern Steps, like the ones that you actually walk on, they're, they're, there's widespread agreement. It's first century. These are steps that the Jesus and the disciples, these are, these are the ones. And pretty good agreement that Peter preached the first message of Pentecost on the Southern Steps. And that the mikvahs that are at the base of the Southern Steps mm-hmm. are the places where the people were baptized in the that church. That gives me goosebumps every time I think about that. And we sat there and we, our trip, um, and I'm sure Ed's is similar, it's, it's, uh, it's a real pilgrimage, you know. It's yeah. it's not it's not just a tour. You, every site, and we were eight eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night every day. It's twelve hours a day every day. Wow! 
And almost every site, not quite every site, but almost every site, we did a little mini worship service yep. at every place. So not, now it's not, not you can't do it at every, every site, but most of them we did at least, at the minimum, we always did a scripture reading. Mm-hmm. But, but the majority of places, it was scripture, it was song, and it was meditation, and we sang. Some of those uh, places to sing. Oh, are, my the, goodness. Some of the, the, the chapels that have mm. been built, are, uh, they're, um, the acoustics in them are the, like the, the field in Bethlehem, the incredible. field of the shepherds. Yeah, incredible. Church of the shepherds. Oh. And that cave that's in there that's overlooking the field. That, yeah. that's, I remember that particular spot, and we could do a whole entire talk about just our, our experiences there. I'm, I got into that cave, and somehow I ended up by myself. Like, I was all alone. It was like, no... I, and I, you know, I, I'm one that was 30 years old, so I was one I was kind of like um, just exploring and kind of walking around and realizing I'd probably find, better find the group, you know, because <laughs> there's 48 of us and I can get lost, you know, yeah, they, can, yeah. they could leave me. And those tours, they, they'll, they'll, they will leave you. you know, yeah. We, get we on had, the bus. Yeah, we had the tour pretty much to ourselves because uh, we had 48 and so it was pretty, pretty intense. But then um, the other thing, the, the last one I'll mention, uh, as I mentioned to Josh too, is in the old city. One, we had a we had one free day where we weren't touring all the and it was there was three younger ish pastors um, on the trip um, and everybody else was you know the average age was like sixty four and and we were bringing that age way down I mean I was thirty and uh, so the majority of the group on the free day they just they were sleeping I mean they're they're so tired because we like I said twelve hour days every day. Me and one other of the younger pastors, he asked me, so what do you want to do? I said, I just want to go to the old city and get just lost. Wander. I just want to get lost. And so we did all four quarters. I mean, we probably spent... Did you walk the, the ramparts? Did you do that? We didn't get up in there. I got down. We got down into the, the kind of the bowels of the city, nice. the old city, and just kind of walked. And you could tell what quarter you were in by the sounds that you were hearing. And and it was early days of the iPhone. You know, I had uh, one of my very first iPhones with me. And, and so I just, I have all these uh, audio recordings of the different sounds. Oh, you wow. know, the there was a, there's a Jewish boy, a school in the, in the Jewish quarter, and I, we hear them singing their prayers. Uh, we were in, you know, the 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 chapel and the the monks, the priests mm-hmm. singing uh, the psalms. Uh, in the yeah, Muslim the, mosques, the yeah. Muslim quarter, they were calling to prayer. It was just really, and all within walking. I mean, you're just talking yeah. about a, a very small place and yeah. walking around. There's something really profound. What what places are you so, uh, excited to go back and see? Interestingly enough, given what we talked about on Sunday, uh, and one of the, the the answer that when when some uh, pastor asked me last night, uh, being in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I, it really wasn't actually getting to that because the the Mount of Olives itself has all those graves grave yeah. sites mm-hmm. all over there. So it's not. That's just kind of fascinating to, yeah. to see that but it really wasn't particularly moving and the church of the ascension on the top of the mount of olives didn't you know that was nice too to be to be yeah. there and then just kind of getting to into the garden but once you got into the garden and once we had a little you know, we had a little, like you said we had a little worship service, worship service yeah. in there but uh when you hear things like these trees these olive trees that are currently mm-hmm. in the garden of yeah. gethsemane which there's only one Mount of Olives, there's only one Garden of Gethsemane. These trees are 2,000-year-old trees. It's crazy. And you're thinking, all right, it's one thing to be standing where yeah. Jesus stood. And those, those kind of buckled my knees several times. Absolutely. Like, oh, man, I am standing where my Savior stood. And that's, I'm walking on those steps, where my, that type of thing. But to be where he stood and to have life, live things that were there that he would have looked at mm-hmm. and then could have maybe plucked some, uh, you know, I don't know. Made, made, got uh, um, olives, olives off of those, of, yeah. pressed olives off of those. That's just amazing. Of course, we know he went there. Yeah, absolutely. Know, Several pray. times. So I mean, it's, it's, even in the passage we read, you know, as was his custom or yeah. as, you know, the, think about how many times over the course of his life, you know, we know three Passover festivals he came to Jerusalem for sure. Probably many other times he came for different reasons. But then think about even pre-ministry, how often he and would have his been family would have come there for the festivals. It's just staggering, and it's not a huge garden. Garden, it's, no. I mean, I, well, I there's the one. There's the garden where you can go in and have devotions, and then on the other side, there's the garden outside of the the church. There, yeah, that, that's there. And so those those trees, they seem to all run together, but none of it's big. You're right. None. Yeah. Put it all together, and it's not big. I think in my head, when I before I went, I had this. 
I think be, I, I think maybe because of the popular sort of the popular representations of the Garden of Gethsemane, it's almost forest like when you see it like in popular media right, and things right. like that. It's like Artwork, huge, yeah, giant, yeah. like Central Park sized sort of thing, and it goes on forever. And it's not, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's not it's not even football field size, you know. It's no. it's and so you think about the. I remember going there, and we spent a long time there. I, and it, the crazy part to me is how hustle and bustle and everything it can be around that around there. But then you go inside to that location, and somehow you find a spot. Yeah, and everybody everybody was respectful, very of respectful. That. So even though there's the hustle and bustle to buy their olive wood, <laughs> this crosses and yeah. whatever. Yeah. A lot of olive wood uh, ros- of, rosaries. I saw a lot of those yeah. around. Uh, but everybody was respectful once you actually got to the to the places. Yeah, yeah. Great. Which is we spent. I mean, it must have been. There's a my father in law was the one leading the trip, and uh, he he took trips regularly. I mean, that was mm-hmm. part of his ministry was to take trips um, as as often as was politically. Uh, viable. Yeah. I mean, um, and sometimes it was politically viable, and the people got spooked and canceled. You know, um, but but he, he took a picture of me praying at the the in the Western Wall. No, 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 in the garden. In the garden, oh, in the garden. We, we sat in the garden and, and at the Western Wall too. The Western Wall was different. Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> well, I don't know why. Just it. The garden was definitely. I I agree with you. That was a very I'll tell you the other one that, that my I think my number two was motoring out on a boat on the, the sea, of, sea Galilee, of Galilee, yeah, and then cutting the engines, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and just drifting. And yeah. so we had our worship service uh, yeah. within eyesight line line of sight of the shoreline, yeah, and we're on the north shore of the you know, near, near Capernaum down this way, the the, um, the to, to the right, and then to the uh, the, the the Beatitudes, the Mount mm-hmm. of Beatitudes is there to the right a little bit as well. And there's this there's this shoreline, and all you can do, and you, you know, the imagination starts kicking in. You just imagine when the quiet. This is what the fishermen would have been mm-hmm. like. This is where Jesus Jesus would have been up there, you know, preparing that breakfast and getting you know, when when Peter jumped yeah. ashore. All that was happening before my my mind's eye, sure. and I was just I felt I felt immersed into the moment. And I think it's like, like y'all will experience again, and you have before the going to those locations and then reading the passages of scripture yeah. right at with your eyeballs looking spot. at the at the spot, it's, yeah. Create well, and even like Ann Getty, you know, um, the the Psalm, you know, Psalm twenty three, Psalm of Day, you know, thinking about this place Him of on da- the run, yeah. hiding out, and you can see how he can hide an army in those in those caves. Yeah, so uh, I think my least favorite part, by the way, was um, going to places where they put up to put up churches that interfered with the going to the place and experiencing the place. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, there's a no move the church. Let me stand on the, on, stand the, on, the, on, the spot. on the spot yeah. here. I, I, I always think it's the one that was probably the most interesting to me, which just the city uh, going into Bethlehem, you know, because it's oh, yeah. Palestinian controlled. Boy, you're like going into, uh, you can tell you go from, from, from Israel to to a Palestinian controlled area because it was it's so know, different mass. I don't know when you were there, but they've got a thirty foot yeah. barricade up mm-hmm. with barbed wire on there, to- and it goes. You go from you know picture in Lakeland, nice neighborhoods, uh, maybe not quite Lake Hollingsworth, neighborhood, uh, yeah. bordering Lake Hollingsworth, but just off Lake Hollingsworth to almost squalor. Yeah, yeah. Within you know, you just drive through the through the gate, yeah. and you get to that. And we had to have because our our tour guide uh, was uh, was a she was actually a Messianic Jew. She was Christian Jew, um, and we she was actually a missionary. We sponsored, um, and she was doing you know missionary work, but also doing the, the but, but she was not allowed to go into Bethlehem. Yeah, and we had so, the same thing. And so we had a Muslim uh, guide get on, and the the. The guards got on the bus and they search everything. You know, the automatic weapons kind of slung very haphazardly over their shoulder, and that was that part. Probably, I mean, I, you know, we grew up military. You grew up military, so seeing people with weapons slung over—that's not—that's not as big yeah. deal. But but the age of the people with those weapons 
and and thinking, man, I hope that safety's yeah. on. Yeah, I really hope right. that safety Did, is on. That y- part y- really. Young man, do you shave yet? <laughs> that's, right, that's right. So I was telling Josh, I was like the guy that got on, I was like, I don't know if he even has a razor in his, <laughs> way, but he's got this automatic weapon slung around. And uh, but yeah, but Bethlehem was just really interesting. And then going into the and then the, the churches that are like partially controlled by the Roman Catholic Church and partially controlled by the Orthodox Church. That's always yeah, yeah. that's always fun because you the get to see... Church of the Holy Sepulchre is that yeah, way. Yeah. The, the, the Armenian section is over here and the Catholic <laughs> section is over here and the Which Greek, is, Greek section is over there. The one thing I do I do find fascinating about that is you almost see the the, the church history and the the divisions just by virtue of yeah. how things are decorated. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're not that much different today. It's I like, will tell yeah. for those who are listening, uh, one of the, uh, after, that, after that I read a book by Simon, um, oh, some Montefiore, I think was his last name, just called Jerusalem. But what it did, if you could just imagine, your, your eye, your historical eye is on the city of Jerusalem, and the, and the book is just, it, he just lets time pass. Oh, so he wow. looks at it pre pre um, you know Israel you know, pre Hebrew people showing up um, the Hebrew people showing up on into the I mean, on onto the the Ottoman Empire coming wow. the Turks and the Greeks coming in the Napoleon coming in the new the the, the forest and, mm-hmm. and all the way the Muslims coming in he just he looks at the city uh, through the through time and it's fascinating to see the see that transition. Well, it'll be a good trip. You guys will have a lot Looking of fun. Looking forward to it. Have a lot of fun. Uh, busy, busy, tired, tired, coming back, but full of things. And then it makes a lot, it makes a big difference. You know, as we, we look at this past week's message, and we were really jumping off of this prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. And, and as you were just describing it, how, how much of that imagery was, I mean, I know for me it was in my mind. Yes. But how much of it, how much of it was dictating kind of your approach to this passage yeah i mean it's one of those things where you you're not i'm not reading this passage i'm not thinking about this passage processing what jesus was saying where he was saying it um in in words yeah i'm processing it in 3d in yeah. color in yeah. places where i have i have stood so it was a, it was a very visual mentally visual passage for me and luke 22 is is also probably the most detailed um, in, in its description of the prayer time with Jesus, there mm-hmm. in terms of the you know the the surrounding areas and the disciples, kind of you know what their posture was and even how far away. I mean, he even goes so far as the stones throw away. You know, he the, so there's there's a sense of space even in the description, and you can um, again for those and I'll I'll put my put my endorsement. You know, go to the Holy Land. And try to do it when when you can really enjoy the the walking yeah. of it all because there's a lot of walking there that is, goes on. There is, but there's it's a joy in the. But walking. not as much as most people think there is. There, you, yeah. you you can I mean you can do more. Yeah, um, I know Ed's not going to. You know, several people several people probably won't go to the top of the mountain in at, at En Gedi. Yeah, but they can get they can go up to the waterfalls area. Yeah. That's, a, that's which is beautiful. It's a nice little slope slope up there. Yeah, nice area. Uh, and I and I am. I have scheduled a trip for next year to mm-hmm. um, on February 26th of next year. Yeah. I've already booked a trip that I'm going to lead. So I'm right. going to assist this year and I'm, I'm leading a trip. So come with us. Yeah, be fun. Be fun. But this, this, this passage is very visual, Luke 22. And the posture of Jesus here is so interesting to me. When you were looking at this and then we'll bounce off the Ab- Abram passage, the Genesis 15 passage, but... What was your mindset going in? You started off talking about, you know, Lauren, your daughter Lauren, and mm-hmm. uh, the 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 opera dreams that that God had different ideals for. Yeah. But where was your mind going when you're thinking through what Jesus was was praying at that moment? I think it's. I think most people are a bit surprised, and I, and we both brought this out in our messages. I, I I like how you said that the prayer of Jesus is honest. That was yeah. one of your 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 takeaways from this. The prayer of Jesus is an honest prayer, and the honest prayer of Jesus, and the thing that people are surprised by is that Jesus didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there's another way, this this is um, agonizing. Yeah, and so uh, so so part of the mindset was just to really communicate that fairly in a way that people won't won't be, you know, you can you can be. You know, upset that Jesus was. What, yeah. what do you mean? He's not because you know, some people have. I brought those several of those up. They, they've they've ascribed motive to Jesus that wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, and so people can get upset about that. You know, say no. In the fullness of his humanity, of course, he's going to. Well, not only his fullness, his fullness of his humanity, and in the fact that the eternal Son, 
who has never not existed, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, co-eternal, co-equal, the eternal Son was about to face something he'd never existed, which was the very worst part of it, which was the the sensation, the the sense of God's abandonment on the cross and the weight of everything that would ever happen in in the world. And again, we both brought this up. All that was going to be put upon him. Uh, in that moment, and uh, and there was the agony. So, so when you when you look at it in its context, it makes sense that you can see how he would say that, uh, which then makes the yet part, yeah, uh, all all the more uh, impactful. Well, and to me, the the thing that gets really just profound and and is is how often Jesus predicts his own arrest, his own betrayal, arrest. Um, and crucifixion, you know, yeah. I, I think I mentioned at least three times it happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he understands that it has to happen. And yet there's this internal conflict that goes on. And, and, uh, you know, again, Josh and I were speaking earlier and, and he was, he was asking me about this passage and, um, you know, and I, and I, one of the things that I, I didn't mention because you just don't have time and this doesn't really fit in with the overall theme, but it's this idea of who witnesses this happen, right? Who witnesses this prayer? Well, nobody's witnessing this prayer. Jesus is, this is something that Jesus is retelling the disciples mm. after the resurrection. So there is a reason that that all the detail, it's not just that Luke is recording this and getting this, um, or Mark or, or Matthew or, or whatever. It's, this is, this is Jesus account to his disciples that then the disciples transmit to the gospels, either through, you know, through another scribe like Mark or Luke or directly because Mm -hmm. Matthew, all the disciples, all the disciples are asleep. You know, all the disciples are yeah. asleep. They're not watching, taking notes. What's Jesus doing? So there's the detail that's included there. It dawned on me as I'm reading this. I'm like, this is crazy because yeah. these are the details that Jesus would have included when he's telling them about what's happening yeah. here because they, they're not watching him. They slept right through the angel strengthening him. Yeah. And that to me is, that's incredible. And so what what is the purpose of Jesus retelling this to the disciples, but for him to demonstrate one his own humanity to them and what God the what the father does to strengthen him in his humanity so that it's an encouragement to the disciples as they themselves are going to face similar persecutions yeah. right i mean they're going to this is why he says to them take up your you have to t- you will take up your cross and follow mm-hmm. me there is going to be a moment where they're going to have to face this kind of uh weight and 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 persecution and to know that as the Father strengthens the Son, so the Son and the Spirit will strengthen the disciples. And and connecting it to last week, to me, the John 17 high priestly mm-hmm. prayer goes right into this because Jesus prayed, and there's some debate about when does Jesus pray the high priestly prayer, right? I mean, some scholars believe he prayed it in the garden. This is part of the, the content of the prayer that he's praying in the garden, along with the not my will, but your will be done. But if you look at that John 17 high priestly prayer, there's a lot about the the son praying for the father to strengthen the, the church, to strengthen the disciples and strengthen the future church. And so this passage and all of its detail and all of its emotional drama, it goes, it, it happens to Jesus in such a way that then he retells it to his disciples after the glorification so that they know that the Father is there yeah. and available to them yeah. in their moment of weakness. And, and so that, that they, was a securitist way to get no, to that. But, but they would also, that they would also know, they would have that knowledge and, and confidence that comes out of that knowledge that you just described, but that, that, that they would also see the pattern yeah. that, the, of Jesus, that the, Jesus would go through something that he did not want to do. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Uh, and yet there would be the, re- the resolve at the end. Yeah. And so the pattern, the, w- w- all of them would need to, maybe not John, but all of them uh, would need to, would need to face that Yeah. in their, in their lifetime. So the legends go, all yeah. of them would need to face that. Yeah. And, and, and the, the thing that, you know, we both mentioned this in, in one respect is this idea of what Jesus is facing and what, what does he not want to do? I mean, he spent his entire life, entire ministry saying, I come not to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. But yet this moment, he and he knows what that ultimately is going to lead to, but he's mm-hmm. at the he's at the hour. The hour yeah. has come. Yeah. 
the cup is presented, and we both talked about the image of yeah, the I cup. like I, I would I think I would have done more, and I liked how you did it. I, you did, you spent more time on the the cup its it, itself, uh, and I think I would have liked to have done more. Obviously, I was trying to get to the to the Dan Gordon piece yeah. at, at the end because I wanted to. We, we had something to do in the classic service uh, that I wanted to not not have it on the on the recording either. So I wanted sure. to have that have that as part of it. But I, I think that's. I mean, isn't it? First off, back up before we talk about the cup. Isn't it interesting that we are in the second Sunday of Lent mm. and we're already at the crucifixion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're already at the weight of the crucifixion. We're yeah. already we're anticipating what's what's about to happen. Yeah, that cup. Um, and always, it's, it, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's almost language you can skip over quickly. And I always and I don't know about you, but I have probably skipped over that because I I just knew the cup of wrath thing. I'm like, what is why? I mean, why yeah. this image? Why is this the image that that Jesus is using that that the Father is using? I just, yeah. I don't know if it struck you that way. I mean, you, you mentioned it, pulled it out a bit, but it's 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 weird language to me. Yeah, and it it, 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 it only in the sense that you know, the the curiosity. You know, if you get, if you get curious about that passage, well, what what, what was that, that? Like, yeah, what, what what's he bothered by? What yeah. exactly is he bothered by? Yeah, and so if if in fact, and we both said it in our own ways here, that if if the Old Testament image of metaphor of the cup is the idea of God God's wrath being poured out upon sin, Jesus is taking that personally. Yeah. He understands that that is personal. Yeah. And so he knows that he is about to be the object of all that. He's about to get all that that cup of wrath and it's just more than than he can bear. When I and I I started thinking about it and, and you know cuz so often uh modern Christians they they kind of shy away from wrath language, right? We don't like the wrath right. of God language. It makes God seem angry and mean and but then when you when I was like but if you tie it to this imagery of cup and and like the psalm the psalm 60 verse 3 passage in the psalm the Isaiah 91 or 51 and there are other places too the the image of the cup is more directly tied to the the effects of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I like that. Uh, and, yeah, you you, and, you and what, talked about drunkenness. That, and what got all, me all those other people not our, yeah, our church. It's not our church. Yeah, other people, but not us. But I, but I think the the reason that God uses that image is because the natural uh, the natural uh, effect of the abuse of alcohol is staggering, passing out, and ultimately death. That's what naturally mm. is going to occur. And. And 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 the people in the Old Testament understood that they were warned against that. People in the New Testament understood that and were warned against that. The same thing is true with sin, right? The natural effect of sin is the wrath of God, and the wrath being this concept of the natural effect of sin is it will flatten us, it will stagger us, it will ultimately kill us, and what what's happening with Christ is he's taking the full wrath of God. For every person, for all humanity, that is being pressed down, fermented, put in a cup, and and the Father is saying, "You got to take all of it." You know, you got it because you're the only one that can take it. I, I, given that that is true, why do you think it is then that for many people, if not most people, the physical horror and agony of the cross? Is the thing that resonates with them as the real burden of the cross? You know, you mentioned that in your sermon, um, and you talked about the passion of the Christ thing, and I and I think, I and I started questioning myself too. You know, do I sometimes overemphasize the physical agony of the cross to the detriment of the spiritual agony? I think part of the reason that we do that, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too, is I think one, we are. We are sinful people who slow down at car accidents, and we rubberneck and oh, sort of and, and fascination with there's the that fascination with, with the with, morbid or with violence gruesome. and gruesomeness. So I think there's that's at least part of it. But I think the other side of it too, which is a little more positive, is we have a hard time, and I'll speak for myself. I have a hard time putting putting feet or putting hands on the nebulous spiritual separation. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. that's a non-concrete yeah. thing. And I think I think one of the reasons that the father's, you know, the the crucifixion has a physical component to it 
is to give us the concrete image, right? right? It's almost like it's almost like the the it's like communion. You know, it's the Lord's supper, the visible with visible, visible sign the, of the seal, the 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 invisible. invisible seal, right? And baptism is the same. You know, we are we're given these things because we are embodied beings, and Christ Jesus is incarnate. He's embodied, and there's something to understanding the as bad as this the physical torment is and was and all the descriptions and you you've probably been in services um oh yeah Monday Thursday where they go through say somebody reads the the account it was some some historian in the 70s wrote out what a medical doctor's account of what he, the body would have gone through the trauma yeah. of and you probably had that in services you've yes. probably heard that in services before my, my, I had a youth youth leader in Tennessee one time his wife the minute blood the conversation about blood she was so blood averse yeah. that she would pass out I mean even we, just we, talking about to, it just starting to say he bled and, and he put crown of thorns and he started to bleed she said I could feel the I could feel my blood leaving my face and 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 she would she got sick all the time so yes I've heard those <laughs> stories uh, not a lot but I've heard some that want to and, and want to be they're almost fascinated with the physical G- the gore almost gore. I mean, it's almost gore right I mean and 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 I'm with you. I mean, I think the, I think the Passion of the Christ as a movie. Um, I think it was, whatever Mel Gibson's motivation was. There was almost like a, almost like a a pushback against the we've anesthetized how bad it really was kind of thing. You know, it's not you know it's not just yeah. you know two hand pricks and a you know a, a prick on the the feet. Yeah. It's much worse than yeah. that. But he he kind of yeah. almost went pendulum swung. Way the other side to the other side, and I th- and I, I think for a lot of people they can't even comprehend the 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 uh, ephemeral nature of a spiritual separation. Yeah. So the and physical that's the thing. I, I I I don't take away at all. I mean the the the, the Roman. The Roman crucifixion was meant to be meant to be brutal. Yeah, absolutely. It was meant to be humiliating. They were, they, I mean, we 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 clean it up and put a loincloth on these people, but they're they're, they're naked. They're, yeah. they're naked yeah. and they're beaten and they're bloody and, and people are yelling at them, spitting spitting yeah, on them. It's, I mean, it's it's horrific. It's, yeah. it's 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 intended to be a deterrent as much as it is as as it is an execution. So yeah. don't take anything away from the the physical pain of what a, what a crucifixion is, but it pales in comparison yes. to what, for what Jesus was going through. And that's the part that, you know, you and I spend, have, have spent our years of ministry just trying to, and we did it this, this Sunday, trying to say, this is what was the burden. Yeah. And that's why the cup imagery, the cup of wrath, that's where that really is coming in. That's yeah. tying in the, the physical or the spiritual separation side much more, more fully. Um, so, I want to spend just a second on the Abraham piece because we oh, did yeah. both talk about that. Uh, you know, th- th- that's a it's an odd. I think maybe for some people that might have been an odd tie-in. Yeah, did it feel odd to it you? Did. That tie-in? It did, but I, it was really interesting. I mean, I, I, what I did with it, I felt like it was it was tying in with the yeah. not only the the um, the initial uh, passage, but because it's the later passage that seemed a little odd. Where he talked yeah. about you're going to be slaves for 400 years and yeah. your descendants and. Uh, uh, that that seemed a lot, but it all tied together to the to the same resolve to trust God. Yeah, whatever happens. And to me, the thing that was so fascinating about the Abraham piece of that is Abraham has these moments of one amazing trust and faith in in the Lord. And you brought that out. You tied the Genesis twelve piece in there where he just goes, mm-hmm. go to the land I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. He packs up and he leaves without much direction. God just points and says, head head west, go, go south, yeah, yeah head south <laughs> and west, and you just stop when I tell you to stop. And he he does. That's a tremendous amount of faith. And yet he also cycles through these periods where he tries to take control of the will of God. Right? Yeah. You and, mentioned and, that with um, the Hagar. And, yeah. yeah. Which is funny because in in Genesis 15, which I didn't mention this, is that's the – Abraham believed God and he credited it to him as righteousness in Abraham 15. But in Abraham's – or Genesis 15, but in Genesis 16, the very next chapter – He's having an affair with Hagar and and saying, "Okay, God, here, take this baby, take this child." And God, mm-hmm. God's like, "Well, that's that's not a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any, Let's put this car in reverse. <laughs> Remember what I said." <laughs> so that's that part to me yeah. was really key because that's yeah. where where we struggle, right, from our own will. Like mm. you mentioned, this the idea of we know that there are moments where God wants us to do things. And and we pray for that, but we also have to pray for the resolve to follow through. Yeah, 
And that's why I think was lovely about the story you told with Lauren is she has this, you know, some people will listen to that and go, wait, what? She could have been a yeah, what a, professional opera singer. You, you can't, you can't, you can't give that up. So yeah, you're too to get, good to give that up. And there's a lot in our, a lot in our culture who would, who would definitely lean on that side, but she yeah. knew what God wanted for her and her life. She was, she had that resolve. Yeah. And so the prayer of thy will be done is as much a prayer of let me accept what your will is. Yeah. You know? And I can't remember what I said on in the recording versus what I said in person, but I know that, that in person I was saying things like she is using that gift that she is. She, she has that voice yeah. that she has. And let me tell you that girl, I hear her around the house. Worship, I hear her singing. Yeah. She worships in her, on her own. She worships mm. with full voice. Yeah. I mean, she's one of those people you want to have out in the congregation because they will raise the singing level everywhere. <laughs> they everywhere around them. Cause they're so leading she, by osmosis. Right? She, she does. She leads by osmosis. And uh, so, so she, it's not that she just, she just said, I, ignore this gift. I'm not going to do anything with it. She still has it. She just chooses not to develop this other thing so that she can do the thing that she feels like God has called her to do. She's, mm. I mean, she's, I've known her obviously all her life and she's, she's been as a girl, she wanted to be a mommy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a wife. And that's where God, and that's where, that's her n- number one. Yeah. 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 So have you, at, at, and you talked about Dan uh, a bit in yeah. the sermon and, and about, you know, where he could have landed and ended up and yeah. where he's serving in the church. And I, I wonder for you, have there been those moments where you feel this? And I, I've talked about it uh, not so much personally, although um, there's some of that too, but this a conflict of wills, right? Like people around you saying, do this, do that. Yeah. And you're, you're feeling, you know. Oh, I, gosh. I, I mean, two things. One is that, um, I mean, you, you could Zach McGowan could easily, easily be and uh, a, a a a professor <laughs> yeah. at a at a seminary yeah. or a or at a university. I mean, you got the disposition for it. You certainly got the knowledge for it, the intellect for it. You've got all of the, all of that. You could easily be that. I mean, the same thing could be said for you. Is that that you? I mean, we've never talked about this directly, but uh, it by by circumstance here you are yeah. you feel like god's hand upon your life and god's will for your life is not to be in the academy but yeah. to, is to be in the church yeah. same thing same thing that's saying for for dan yeah um i when i i just I, I had a meeting at lunchtime today and they asked me to kind of give my personal life story to kind of <laughs> a big picture of my life so here it is in 10 minutes and uh i was uh, being groomed to take over a company yeah and i fancied myself as an entrepreneur and um a bit of bit of innovative in the in the industry that i that i was in and uh, and if God sort of made it clear that He wanted me to do something else, and people were trying to talk me out of it, yeah, and especially the people that worked there, they were trying to talk me out of it. Said, "Can't you just satisfy that like by being more involved in the church yeah. and then be stay a volunteer, here? Be a volunteer." Yeah, can, yeah. One of them was joking, "Can we just build you a chapel out back yeah. and get that out of your system on Sunday so you can continue to do what you do here on on uh, the rest of the week?" And and to which you know, of course, that's a that's a tent maker mindset, and yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. a whole world. And that does happen that, for some people, yeah. For yeah. some people, that w- works out, but that's not what I'm feeling called to do yeah and so so i i have lived through through that um you know and and frankly i mean we, we, presbyterian pastors are paid better than other tradition uh, traditions and pastors but uh you and i are not paid nearly what we would be paid were we working in industry yeah and working in the business world with the, maybe with the you because i i was headed towards journalism and they get paid really that's badly right. so right. so so you have to be the big boss you'd be the really boss big. that's right that's right <laughs> no, <laughs> i was probably headed towards a low-paying paper job no no <laughs> not you. right. you'd have been big time that's right. but uh, it's, I, no, I but, you know, you. so there's all those things you go through your mind. And it's like, what, you know, what, and in the end you just go, no, I, you know, that, that's, that's irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something to think about, uh, but it's yeah. really irrelevant because you don't know that those, th- those things aren't guaranteed to begin with. Yeah. Those, those financial rewards are successful. And, you know, if you really do feel like this is God's will to use our sermon theme there, if you really do feel like God's will, anything other than doing that is, not, is against God's will. And it's not going to work. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad way to run a life. Do yeah. things that are knowingly, ongoingly against God's will. Yeah. Now, you and I are going to do it, and everybody else is going to do this. We're going to do dumb things, yeah. and we're going to do some things that are against God's will in a moment. And then we're going to look back and say, that was not what God, yeah. what God wanted. Yeah. But in a not knowing, ongoing uh, way to do things that are against God's will, it's never 
never going to be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And then there are other times we don't know what God's will is. We're not really sure. And we're looking for it. And we're looking for it. Uh, or, you know, and, and one of the points I was, I was making is that sometimes we make requests before God and God just says no. I mean, just straight up says yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, and, and are we willing to accept the no when it when it comes, whether yeah. it's whether it's a, a job or career oh, path or man. educational path, or whether it's or whether it's something uh, that that is it's it's about you know the hardest part is saying something like you know this 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 medical diagnosis I'm asking God to take this from me and he, and he says doesn't know yeah. And and how and that 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 cycles people through this. How can uh, how can you believe you, I, in a loving God? My my example of that is that uh, I I felt confident that I was going to be a Navy Reserve chaplain. Yeah. Um. So Navy Reserve chaplain, and I went through all the process. I went through probably four months of multiple interviews with the Navy, multiple interviews with the board of uh, denominations, board of chaplains, uh, 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 all the transcripts sent in, um, all the work that was done, med- medical examinations for two days, all of that stuff. I, I, I outdid all the guys who were 20 years my junior only to be turned down. Mm. And I fought and I screamed and I, I kicked I kicked and I fought and I tried different ways and I, I wiggled around and you know I, I tried everything to do and, and would not accept that this was God's will for my life. Yeah, God shut the door. God shut the door, and he had to keep he had to keep his hand on the door because I kept trying to so, I kept so, trying to open it. So I want to close out by asking just kind of a follow up question to that because I think this this is a really great um, point in the middle of all this. You go through something like that. I've gone through things like that where where you're prepping. You think a hundred percent this is what's going to happen, and you feel confident about it. You yeah, all the signs leading up to the final decision. You are and greatly disappointed when it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you, just bottomed out. So the question I think I'd love to talk about just for a few closing minutes is what was God doing in the process leading you up to the no? I mean, what as you look back on that. You go through all that, the board, you know, board certification, and, you know, all the transcript. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work yeah. to get to that final decision where there's a no. Have you looked back on that and said, "Okay, this is what I think God from, was doing from the time that that was rejected to the time I was resolved that I was rejected"? No, no, no. I think even like all the 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 point up to the rejection, right? You you put a lot of work into that. Yeah. You put a lot of time and effort and, and there's a great deal of emotional energy that because that's a lifestyle. Being a reserve chaplain, that's a lifestyle that's changed and, and confidence in that. When you look back and all that you had to do, were there moments where you think, well, what was all that for? What was all that that process uh, for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to to ask the question of could I have, have named it in the moment, yeah. like in those moments, I, I, I can tell you with with great confidence, I I would I could not see that God was why God would not give this to me. I was confident that it was going to go well. As SpongeBob SquarePants says, <laughs> I am confident in my abilities to successfully succeed, and so I was just quite quite sure that I was going to be the next Navy Reserve you know, chaplain. It's only in looking back on that because what happened. What fast forward? This is a short. I'll give you a short version of this. Fast forward. What happened was within six months of kind of being resolved that God had said no to me, I was asked to lead a team as part of the Presbytery of Tampa Bay to bring about the transformation that was a needed transformation to look at how we are structured and how the larger area region of churches worked together. I led a team for a two and a half, three year effort, which then led to me becoming the vice moderator, moderator and, and chair of the coordinating team, which is the whole sort of senior leadership of the, the region of Presbyterian churches in this time. Had I been a Navy chaplain, I would have said no. Yeah. But it, that led to that, yeah, uh, and I and I think a lot of good things have uh, came mm. came out of that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, now I, can, I can look back now and say, oh yeah, that was a no, so this would be a yes. Yeah. And and do you think that the the all the the work that it took to get through that navy, you know, the navy chaplaincy kind of certifications and all that, uh, only to be disappointed? Do you think that helped prepare you for all? Because I I know that the transitional period of time here at the Presbyterian, there was a lot of. <laughs> 
Oh, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot, of, a lot, a lot of, going on. A lot of, almost like a preparation for that type yeah, of moment yeah, yeah. where you had to go through all those different things. Yeah, you're right. Though I think the the tenacity and the detail and the uh, the ability to to put things put together in a way that makes sense to other people, like a package going up to the board of chaplains, all of that was uh, those were all skills that were that were refreshed because yeah. I hadn't before. They were refreshed in that moment. I think they were they were used in a way that surprised me, of course, but uh, it disappointed me initially. But surprised me ultimately yeah. and uh and i was very satisfied with at the end in the end yeah. when i think that's one of the things that when we go to god in prayer and say not my will but your will be done that's a prayer of acceptance of whatever god's even if he says no that that the one of the spiritual practices and this is one of those things I, you know given another 10 minutes that i've unpacked this in the message is one of the spiritual practices to help us in the acceptance process is to look back at moments when God said no. Yeah. And say, Good okay, point. what happened to yeah. lead, what happened after the no? Yeah. Right? It, it's, it's, it's those sorts of things. Like, I, I remember being sorely disappointed when I, I you know, I blew out my knee my first, uh, my first year of, sure. of cross country in college. I was, I'm telling the best, I mean, running year of my life leading up to that moment. And I thought I was the number one runner on the team at Florida Southern. And over the summer between my freshman year and my sophomore year, I blew out my knee entirely and it all went flat. Cause I was, and I, I turned my life over to Christ. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to use my running to your glory and your honor. And it was, there were lots of different opportunities to be able to do that in that first year and be a leader on the, the cross country team. And I thought, okay, well, this is happening. And then I blew out my knee yeah. and, and I struggled through another year. Um, and, and, but realized ultimately God was, was leading me away from that. And it crushed me, absolutely crushed me. And, um, but look, you know, when I, as I look back on that, those, that moment, uh, of acceptance, when I had to call the coach and say, coach, I'm so, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to, I can't, uh, have to withdraw. I have to get my scholarship back. I, you know, I can't do this. I, I'm, that opened the door for me to take greater leadership opportunities in the in the student ministry that I was mm -hmm. a part of. Yeah. Um, ultimately, there's no way on God's green earth I would have met Julie had I stayed as a, <laughs> as a runner because I was. Now, now we're getting to the real win here. Well, I was running. <laughs> I was running twice a day. I mean, I was. Yeah, we're yeah. cross country runners in college are nuts. I mean, we're yeah. running five six miles in the morning and then doing. Oh yeah, we, we see them around the lake all the time. Well, and then we do in the afternoon. Hundred degree weather outside. Well, and what you. you They've also been out at five o'clock in the morning. They yeah. go out and do speed work at five in the morning, and then they do big distances in the afternoon. I mean, there's no time for anything but cross country, right? Yeah. And um, but had that not been the yeah. case, it, it, the, the doors that God opens. Maybe, that, maybe that's the thing I can I can look back and see in my own um, life of when the nos have come. The nos the nos in retrospect have never been punitive. Yeah. They've never been to to stop something that was that was um, not good. Yeah. They've always been to to open something that is good and it is greater. So mm -hmm. uh, you know that, that's 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 been the that's been the experience that I've had yeah. as well. So you know you that that's, you just described that. Yeah. That was not punitive to Zach McGowan. Yeah. That, that you would he'd blow out the knee and, and cause you to stop running. He probably knew you were, knew you well enough to know that you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Any other way, no, somebody said absolutely. you would have never done it other than than injury and and so. Not that he caused that. I'm just saying that that it, that then opened up all these other things. Yeah, so yeah. and so it wasn't punitive. It was it was it was to point you to something better. And that's I, I incur, always encourage people when you're in those moments of praying, 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 and you get the disappointment. Those are hard seasons. They are hard. Don't 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 dismiss. I any bet of you that. didn't take that well, did you? No, no, no. I was crying like a baby. I mean, <sighs> I remember. I just absolutely was was crushed and um because it's it was community i mean i was losing my community um because i knew i mean i'd still be quote unquote friends with those guys but i knew what their schedule was like yeah. and my schedule wasn't gonna be that you anymore yeah um and i've stayed kind of close to a couple of them but it's not the same and and but it opened up different doors but that's why i say look back over the i think i think reflecting over the course of your life in those moments where you've been disappointed and say okay i gotta go back when was the last time I was majorly disappointed by something that 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 I wanted, and and God said no, or or God moved me in a different direction. And what did that, mm. what did that ultimately lead to? And and there's some encouragement in that. It's harder when you have something like a medical diagnosis, which is, 
which is tragic. But but even in those cases, we you and I both know examples, and and it's not again not to minimize it because if you're if people are going through a major major medical thing, you know, yeah. crisis, you, you do not want to hear God is using this for yeah, better purposes. No, no, but we do know people. You and I both know people who are going through pretty intense medical situations, and somehow. They embody, you know, one of the things I I preached about that that Philippians four peace that passes understanding, the joy, yeah, and 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 as a witness to the sovereign power and the grace and the goodness of God, they are taking chemotherapy treatments, and at the exact same time they're witnessing to the gospel yeah. to someone next to them. I mean, I I can name names. I'm not going to on this, but I can name names of people that do that and 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 who sp- speak to me. Um, and I know speak to you and say, I hate this, but I know God is doing something through it. And that's the okay. thy will you're, be done. You're, give, you're giving us a hint of, uh, we're going to do uh, Philippians later on this we year. We are. We yeah, are going to do us a hint of what's to come. Unreasonable joy. joy. Unreasonable yeah. joy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this is, this is, this is a, a, a probably the most dangerous of all prayers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We covered <laughs> maybe, a big one today. Maybe not. I, want, I don't want to leave it without just saying briefly that um, we did honor Dan Gordon did, to, yeah. uh, this, this week. We did. I did it. I did it on, on, on the online version as, as well. It's a little different. Yeah. a little different because he's not in the room. It was yeah. a little different at 815 because he wasn't in the room yeah. either. But at 1030, I brought him up and just spent a few minutes just looking at him mm. and saying, Dan, you know, we love you. And we thank you for all this thing. We look for, so praying for your new, new season. And then however many people were in church, Full full house in the classic yeah. service on at ten thirty, they all stood up and yeah. and just cheer, cheered him and and what was that? That was thanking God, thanking Him, and honoring the fact that he he discerned that God's will for his life, yeah, not his will, but God's will for his life, was that he would serve in the local church. Yeah, yeah. This week you are in Israel. I'm not preaching this week. I'm also not preaching this week. This is one of the very rare you're occasions. On a, you're on the water. This week. I'm on the water. I'm on a ship this is for those that aren't living in polk county this is friday starts spring break for the kids here so i'll be gone for just one week you're gone too i'll be back on the 19th in vine Mm -hmm. uh brian morgan is in vine this week and uh, paul sewich uh continuing the series in classic and so we uh, we encourage you to check them out uh this this sunday either online or in person even better in person even better but if you missed any one of the sermons uh either this week or in previous weeks head to our website fpclakeland.org and uh, click on the worship page in the sermon archive tab to watch complete services you can also listen to past episodes of armchair preaching on google play apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or soundcloud do encourage you to subscribe so you can be notified when a new episode drops like it share it with your friends uh pastor john have a great trip looking to, forward to it. uh israel um I think I would say bring me back something made out of olive wood. Maybe. Well, that won't be hard. It won't be hard. There's, <laughs> There's a ton a million, of it. There's million a ton of, of things around. A ton of it around. And uh, appreciate you hanging out for a little bit. It's good to be here. And we'll see everybody next time.